So today, um, of course, is Easter, and there's a beautiful story here in the book of Luke that I'd like to share with you guys. Um, <clears throat> so if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke 24, and um, I'm going to read this with you. Actually, I've got the wrong one. It's actually Matthew 28. A little bit tired here. All right. So Matthew chapter 28. Sorry about that, guys. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. So just imagine yourself there uh, like Mary or Mary Magdalene or the other Mary, um, you know, just going to visit the tomb, not even thinking that you're gonna see Jesus or anything, but just going there and mourning and then all of a sudden um, you see that there's been an earthquake and there's this angel guy in dazzling white clothes just sitting all chill on top of the rock that's been rolled away from the cave where Jesus was buried. So um, let's see here. Um, if you wanna, I don't know if you can put back the, uh, the text there, is that possible, Andrew? Great, thank you. So, um, so the angel says to the women, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid for I know that you seek, whoops, you seek Jesus who was crucified. Wow, okay. So why do you think that um, the angel told the women not to be afraid? Any ideas? I always thought it's because the angel was scary looking, you know, he was dressed in this, you know, dazzling white clothes that looked like lightning. I'm sure that could have freaked him out. I always just assumed that that was the main reason, but could there be maybe another reason why the angel said, don't be afraid? That's the first thing he said to them. Maybe they were dressed in full body armor. Maybe they were dressed in full body armor. Yeah. I don't, we don't know. Maybe because of the earthquake and split rocks and, you know, they're seeing this, wow, like what happened here type of thing. That's possible. Anybody else? Why do you think they were afraid? If the guards were afraid, that'd be reason enough to be afraid, wouldn't it? Yeah, they were like, de like dead men. They passed out. And so, um, yeah, maybe their women are just kind of like, oh my gosh, what's going on? So, yeah. Fair enough, they were probably just wondering what in the world. And so this angel guy says, uh, he is not here for he has risen as he said. So remember back a couple of chapters ago, Jesus predicted that he would be crucified and then he would raise on the third day and that he would meet them in, 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 um, in Galilee. So that's, that could be in their minds. 
But at this point, they're probably so freaked out that they maybe weren't thinking about that exactly. So he says, just as he said, okay? Come see the place where he lay. So the angel invites him into the cave. They probably had to bend down. This is, you know, cave in the hewn in the rock. Probably had to bend down and check it out. And lo and behold, wow, Jesus was gone. How did that happen? And so um, it says uh, that the angel told them further, then go quickly, go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. Okay, go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. I always thought that was funny. See, I have told you. Yeah, he did tell them that. So I think he's expecting them to not be afraid because he said, hey, don't be afraid. Uh, go quickly and tell the disciples and Jesus is waiting for you in Galilee. So did the women, did that help the women to not be afraid? Were the women, did they do just as the angel said? They're like, oh, phew, yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad you told us not to be afraid. Okay, we're not afraid. Was that the case? No, in fact, no. Let's put the scripture back up if we could, Andrew. So it says that um, they did go quickly, like the angel said. They, they departed quickly from the tomb with fear, however. So apparently, do not fear didn't, didn't really help them any. They were still fearful. But I love this. It says, and great joy. So they had fear and great joy. Have you ever felt that way? Freaked out, but with joy. And they ran to tell his disciples. Now, what is with the go quick thing? Why did they have to run? So Jesus has resurrected. Like, what is the rush? You know, he was in, they waited for him for three days to resurrect. And now all of a sudden, what's the big rush? Well, makes me wonder. And as they're running with fear and joy, well, lo and behold, Jesus meets them and says, hey, hello. And they come up and they grab his feet and they take hold of him. They, they fall down and they worship him. I just find that this is kind of funny. Like the angel already told them that Jesus is waiting. So just go on over to Galilee. Um, he's going to be waiting. But I wonder why Jesus intervenes and meets them and says, hello. Any ideas? Well, maybe they needed a little encouragement, right? Apparently the angel didn't do the best job in assuring them, reassuring them that they, that they should, you know, be calm and just trust. So um, he says the same thing that the angel says. He says, do not be afraid. Now, why would they be afraid? He says, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. So this is like the third time that these women have heard this. The first time was when Jesus told them before he was crucified that he was gonna to go to Galilee and that they would see him there. Second time was the angel. Now the third time Jesus is telling them to not be afraid. And I love it. He says, go tell my brothers. Yeah, brothers, not deserters. 
He could have said, go tell all my disciples who deserted me at the cross and are currently hiding out, freaking out. Yeah, those guys, go tell them um, that I'm going to be in Galilee and that they'll see me there. I love that he says my brothers. So he's calling these people who had, an, you know, up until now, from the time of Jesus's arrest, they all left him. He's calling them brothers. I just love that. So the sisters get to be the ones that carry the message to the bros. Pretty cool. So uh, they departed quickly from the tomb with great fear and joy. They ran and told the disciples and Jesus meets them. He tells them not to be afraid. They worship him and they, he quickly sends them on to Galilee where they're going to see him. Now, why Galilee? Why Galilee? Well, uh, if you recall back in the beginning of Matthew, uh, there's a couple guys fishing and Jesus calls them and he actually fishes for them, so to speak, in that he is recruiting them to be fishers of men. He says, don't be afraid. I don't know why he's always talking about don't be afraid. I guess being a fisher of men, you know, can be a scary thing. But he's, he's saying, hey, or, or we're recalling and, and thinking about Galilee as a place where, uh, or the place where Jesus called the disciples in the first place, right? Uh, Galilee is often referred to Galilee of the Gentiles. Gentiles being the non-Jews, the non-believers, uh, the people who are outside of, you know, the house of God, so to speak. That's where Jesus began his ministry. And now this is where his ministry is going to find its full circle. So don't be afraid and go tell my brothers to go to Galilee and they will see me there. All right. So um, uh, it says in between, um, I'm, I'm not going to read this part, but um, we've left out the part where at the same time that the women are going to tell the brothers, hey, Jesus wants us to meet him in Galilee. Um, we got the guard waking up and telling you know, going back the other way towards the big city, Jerusalem, to tell all the elders that uh, this Jesus guy has actually resurrected. There's been this earthquake. And, and so they make up the story like uh, Jesus, let's just say that Jesus uh, was, his body was taken by his disciples. And that's why the, that's why the cave is empty. Let's just, let's just, uh, you know, convince the people of this narrative. And here you guards, I'm going to give you some money, um, the elders are saying, so that you can pass this rumor around and people will believe it. So that's the part I didn't mention. But um, anyway, so we got, we got one, one group of people, the disciples, uh, the women, the two Marys and the guys, they're going to Galilee the other direction. Uh, at the same time, the other, you know, the people, the enemies of Jesus are on a mission to try to um, discount the fact that he's resurrected. So what happens? Well, they did go to Galilee. They didn't get ambushed by any guards or any kind of uh, mafia people who wanted to take them out. They made it there safe and they went to the mountain to which Jesus had direct them. So this mountain, we're not sure, but I, it could have been like the place where the Sermon on the Mount happened. I'm not sure but places where they were used to going with Jesus and hanging out, a safe place where no one was going to find them, a place where um, they could be like relaxed 
and where Jesus would not have to be looking behind his back to see if he was going to be taken out again. So I find this interesting that even though we have this Jesus who has resurrected, he's defied the power of death. He has raised from the dead, um, yet he's not going back to the place of power to say, hey, here I am. You thought you killed me, but here I am, you know, and, and maybe start convincing people just by showing up over there. Um, he chooses to go incognito and quickly, you know, he tells the disciples to go fast, you know, so they don't get caught to this, this um, remote area. And this tells me that being a follower of Jesus was no less dangerous after the resurrection than it was before. And maybe the same is true today, that anybody who associates with this Jesus um, who's, raised from, who's been raised from the dead has to watch their backs and be careful, even though we're still not supposed to be afraid, right? I mean, there'd be good reason to be afraid if, if we become enemies of, of the establishment of the church or of the, you know, the religious leaders who uh, believe that Jesus was, um, you know, disobeying the Sabbath by healing on the Sabbath or that he was, you know, a friend of tax collectors and sinners who were considered the scum of the earth, who healed people who didn't deserve to be healed because maybe their blindness or whatever problem they had was a result of their sin. So Jesus was, was called like a heretic for calling himself son of God and for doing all these other things, but so were his disciples now by, because of the fact that they're associated, they're in his gang. And so, you know, if they did this to the leader, they're gonna do it to the other gang members too, right? The Jesus gang members. Anyway, um, at this point on the mountain um, in Galilee, when they saw Jesus who was waiting for them, what did they do? They worshiped him, but some doubted. And I think this is really cool that this is mentioned here that when the disciples saw Jesus, the first, their first inclination was to worship him, even most of them, but a few of them doubted. So we're in good company if we have some doubts about being associated with Jesus. And if we have some fear, maybe our fear is mixed with uh, joy, like the women. When they left, they had still fear in their hearts, but they also had joy. They worshiped him, but they were also running for their lives in a way. They had to go quickly and secretly. So there's all this mix, you know, and, and, and his followers are wavering between um, doubt and faith, joy and fear, you know, much like us. So what do you think about that? I just think this is so encouraging to me that Jesus says, or that we're told that some doubted even though others worshiped. So Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So what's happening here? Um, 
back, like I mentioned before, a couple chapters earlier, or excuse me, in the very beginning of the book of Matthew, Jesus is calling, um, he's, he's calling people to become disciples. He says, I will make you fishers of people. He's making them into disciples. And so these same disciples, he is now empowering and giving them the same authority that he he has had to raise the dead, to pray for the sick, to preach this beautiful Easter message um, of resurrection, to preach the, the good news to the poor, to open up the eyes of the blind, to set the prisoners go, to go free, and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He's giving his disciples, who are not perfect followers, they're not perfect disciples, because after all, they're a mix. He's giving them this amazing authority and to go and, and re, be recruiters, to be fishers of people and to teach, to baptize and to teach all that Jesus had commanded. And this is, this is a really cool thing. If you look at all the things that Jesus said um, and commanded to do, this is, this is quite a list. And I encourage you all to take a look at what are the commandments that Jesus gave his disciples. Um, and the very last thing, I am with you always. So they're not going alone. Jesus wants to remind them that even though they feel alone, they can feel afraid, they might doubt that he has not left them orphans. You know, earlier he said, I will not leave you orphans and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit's going to guide you, comfort you and be your alongsider. I'm always, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So um, this is really exciting that these disciples who are, are not the strongest, most righteous, um, or even um, loyal <laughs> you know, brothers and sisters of Jesus, so to speak, he is calling them anyway, because he knows that because he empowers them, they can do it. And he's calling you too in the midst of your own doubt, in your, in your joy, which, you know, can sometimes be fear, um, you know, can vacillate between fear and whatever, that Jesus is with you, he's empowering you, and if he empowers you, then he gives you everything that you need to become uh, a recruiter of, of more disciples. And, um, Always also baptizing them in the in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, making disciples of all nations, not just one people group, not just one gang group, not just one community, not just one religious group, but all nations. So Jesus is extending, he's creating the church um, from this international, uh, pre this international group of people, you know, where nobody's excluded you know, not Gentiles, um, not unbelievers, uh, believers and non-believers alike. So let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you come to us and you call us, uh, you say hello, you greet us and you are with us and you call us your brothers and your sisters. Um, thank you for entrusting this beautiful ministry to us. And we just ask that you would strengthen our hearts in the midst of our own fears at the moment midst of our own doubts, and that you would increase our joy today and this week as we step out in the midst of 
this uh, hostile world that, um, you know, sees us as maybe threats, just like, just like they saw you. God, I pray that you would give us boldness and that you would give us your Holy Spirit again this week to go out. And I ask this in your beautiful, humble, but very powerful name, Jesus. Amen.